encourage you to open up your, continue to keep your hearts and minds open as we go right into the Word of God today. And 1 John chapter 3, we're going through the, the, the letters of John. I started uh, three Sundays ago, and Pastor Rodney covered John chapter 2 last week, and so we're going to be doing John chapter 3 today. So, when you read through the letters of John, you might think, my goodness, he's being redundant. He is being redundant. He's saying the same thing over and over again in many different ways. And of course, the goal is, is that by the time we're done with it, that we get it. Everyone say, I get it. I get it. You know, we're supposed to walk in love as, as he loved. We're supposed to not only say that we love one another, but we're to show one another love. And we're to, to guard our hearts against any type of false teaching, any type of antichrist movements. And, and so it, it, it's, there's a lot of information in here. So we just want to con continue in this and, and put this out there and believing that it's very beneficial and helpful to all of us that we can keep our, our focus on the Lordship of Jesus Christ and really be reminded that yes, God is love and he has loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to Calvary's cross to, to shed his blood for the sins, not only our sin, but the sin of the whole world. So as we're covering John chapter three today, I wanna, let's, let's read verse 18, 19 and 20, which I believe is a good summary of the chapter. Then we'll uh, take it from there. John chapter three, verse 18. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God, even if we feel, feel guilty. Anyone ever struggle with feeling guilty before God, especially when you're putting your petitions before him? You need a miracle, you need healing, you, you need a financial breakthrough, whatever it is that you might need, but immediately the, the enemy's there or your mind is right there to taunt you with something that, well, you remember when? You remember then? Uh, you know, and, and, and feelings of guilt will rise up, but we have good news for you today. We're gonna deal with that once and for all. So, that's the, our action, verse 19 again, our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God, even if we feel guilty, God is greater. And say, God is greater. So he's greater than what? What's he greater than? Greater than your guilt. Greater than your feelings of guilt. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but anyway, couldn't help it. <laughs> Even when we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. He knows all things. So thank you, Lord God, for helping us with open ears and open eyes to receive your word today in Jesus' name, name above all names, amen. Basically, John has a, a twin agenda here in, in writing the letters of John. I touched on it in week number one, and it was to expose false teachings. And he referred to the false, uh, not only to false teachings, but he referred to the false teachings, uh, teachers as being deceitful. He referred to them as being false prophets. He referred to them as being liars, and he also referenced them and referred to them as being the Antichrist, because they denied 
the lordship of Jesus Christ. They denied that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And so that was his twin agenda was to expose false teaching, but he also, the second one was to resource those who are staying faithful to the truth about Christ. You know, he, he, he was writing to encourage us to remain faithful. Last week, Pastor Rodney from chapter 2 talked about the importance of knowing him, the importance of abiding in him, then as a result of knowing him and abiding in him, that as a result of that, we are to be walking in the light. So, a denunciation from, from John. Again, his, 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 what his purpose here is a, a denunciation of false prophets and a strengthening and securing of our confidence before Almighty God. John does so in an encouraging way, in an exhorting way. He does it in a, uh, his approach is, is to strengthen us through ex, uh, exhortation in order to, to, to decrease his followers' vulnerability and to shore up our assurance that we indeed are loved by God. We indeed are loved by him. And I like the fact that John is doing it in a, uh, he, he takes the approach of strengthening us through encouraging us and through exhortation. Have you had uh, anyone in your life, a, a, an authority figure in your life that would try to spur you on to rightness by fear of consequences? Have you ever had a teacher or someone in, within your, uh, someone that had a position of authority over you, uh, may even have been a parent, and their teaching method was fear-based and always reminding you that if you don't do right, here is the fear of consequences. Here are the consequences. And uh, I went to a church like that for about a year, year and a half, perhaps two years in my life. And that's the reason I got born again several times. I mean, I would go to church, and I'd hear the gospel being presented, and I'd hear about the, 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 the consequences of eternity in hell, if you have sin in your life. And then he would go on and talk about all the different things that would be considered sin, and obviously he would touch on something that I wrestled with that week. Uh, may only have been a thought. I, would, I remember thinking, I didn't even do it yet. I just thought about it. <laughs> I was contemplating it, but I didn't do it yet. But now I felt guilty, and then he followed that up with an altar call. And then, of course, I would not want to spend eternity in hell. Something should happen to me that week. So I, I would come to the front of the church again and give my life to Christ. So I got saved on several occasions. And I got water baptized several times. I mean, I wanted to make sure I was good to go. But, you know, <laughs> eventually I found out that, you know... I, I realized that I was saved the very first time that I responded to an altar call and gave my life to Jesus and invited him to come into my life and, and, and to forgive me of my sin and become the Lord of my life. Now, I didn't grow much beyond that for several years, but now in hindsight, looking back, I know that I know that I know that the, the night that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It was legit. Had anything happened to me, had my life been taken for, for any reason, I, I, I would have eternity in heaven. But because of teachings that were uh, uh, fear-based and, and, and always focused on the, the, the consequences that if you don't live right, if you don't do right, if you're not thinking right, if you're not loving perfectly, and if something happens to you, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss eternity with God. And you're going to spend eternity apart from God. And, of course, uh, I didn't want that. I don't think anybody in, in, the, in, in, in a right mind would want that. And so I would 
over and over again get saved. But the good news is God loves you. And even when you feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. Now, let me just put this out there. We are talking, John is writing to the church. He's writing to his followers and he is admonishing, he's encouraging them and he's exhorting them about and, and, and teaching them about the reality of God's love for them. And in doing so, he's combating Gnosticism, which is false teaching known as liars, antichrist, false prophets. He's, 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 he's coming against all that, but he's coming against that in, in a loving way and in, in encouraging people to be established, like Pastor Rodney said last week, encouraging us to know him, to abide in him, and to walk in that light. And when we know him and we abide in him and we walk in the light, we'll not be deceived by liars, by antichrist, by false prophet, by false teachings. As rampant as they are and, and, and as much as going on in our culture and as much as is available to us and as many voices are out there, as many, all the different platforms, there's a lot of information available that's not accurate. It's false. And so we need to have, uh, the goal is, here at Grace Church is that you be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. And I like to say it like this different times when I have conversations with people who want to go deep on me and talking about in search of the truth. What is truth? And I like to shock them. And I said, you know what? I'm not searching for truth. And they're like, oh, Pastor Ray, you're not searching for truth? And I said, no, I have the truth. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Everyone say, his name is Jesus. So you're not searching for truth. You have the truth. What we're doing is we're shoring up that truth within ourselves so that we're not being deceived by the Antichrist. But it's not like truth is out there somewhere and we haven't found it yet. I found him. Amen. I found the truth. His name is Jesus. And, so, and, and, and he is love. And so we are going to continue to grow in that and become established in that. So speaking of, of shoring up our, our foundation and shoring up the love of God in our hearts, I want to invite you now to look at verse uh, 1, chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, see how very much our Father loves us. See how very much our Father loves us. I think the New King James says, behold... Behold, you know, it's an exclamation mark. See how much he loves us. Behold, see how much the Father loves us. Do you have a revelation of that? Is that your, is that your heartbeat? Is that what you think of when you are, are you in awe of the love of God? Say, wow, this is how much he loves me. How much does he love me? I remember in John 3, 16, it says, God so loved us. So loved us. He didn't, he didn't say, well, God loved you, so he sent his son, Jesus. That, that horse is good enough, but he said he so loved you. It's the difference between telling someone you're hungry or you're thirsty, or you can, come, you can tell your friend or whoever you would say, I am so hungry. I am so thirsty. You know, it adds a dimension to it. It adds a depth to it. It adds a, a reality to it. So see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. He loves you so much that he calls you his child. 
He said, well, that's nice, Pastor Ray. That doesn't change what I'm feeling. That doesn't change the guilt that I'm feeling. Well, let's continue to read, see if this helps. He says, see how, much, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. Everyone say, that's who I am. You are right now loved by God, a child of God, if indeed you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. That's who you are right now. It's not who you're going to be. It's not someday when I get to heaven, everything's going to be just fine. Right now, I'm going to say right now, I'm loved by God. And he is greater than any guilt or any condemnation. Romans tells us there's no guilt and no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If there's something the church is plagued with that the church needs to learn to uh, outgrow, it's guilt and condemnation. There's too much guilt and condemnation in our hearts. We are not, we're, we, we, uh, we're hindering ourselves by, by going boldly and confidently before the throne of God's grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the hour of when? The hour of what? Need. See, under that religion that I told you I participated in, the church I used to be in, if you had need, that meant that you weren't perfect, that meant that you weren't acceptable, that meant that you had to do something, and usually, and usually it resulted in you need to repent again. You have a need, so there must be something wrong with you. There must be, you know, there's a reason to be guilty. There's a reason to be condemned. And when you're feeling guilty and you're feeling condemned, there must be a reason for it. Therefore, God is not pleased with me. And if he's not pleased with me, he doesn't love me completely because I'm not, I'm not loving perfectly. Well, if God only loves me completely when I love perfectly, not only am I in trouble, but you are really in trouble. As well as I. Because we never do, we never love completely in the sense of being perfected as God. But we are in the process of it and we are loved by God. And in that process of being loved by God, being his child, that's who we are right now. It's not who I'm becoming, it's who I am. It's not who you are becoming, it's who you are. That's how much you're loved. Yes, well, Pastor Ray has some flaws, I know, but he loves you. He loves you completely. That's who we are. See how very much he loves us. He calls us his children. That is what we are. So right now, in whatever frame of mind you may have come in here with, I want you to leave here as a child of God, knowing that you know that you know that you're loved by him. You really are. Now let's go back to verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And 19 says, our actions will show that we belong to the truth. Now, see, that can be a very positive approach, or I could take a negative approach there and say, see that? You're not walking the way you should be. God's not pleased with you because your actions 
and your attitude aren't showing that you belong to the truth. And you could feel guilty because of that, or we could take the approach that John's taking and, and reminding us that he calls us his children. That is who we are. Then in verse 18, he says, dear children, dear children, you are loved by God. This is who you already are. Let's not just merely accept that as a title. Let's not merely just, let's not just merely accept that as something that God has called us, but let's live that way. Let's live that way. We can do this. And we say, we can do this. We can walk in the love of God. We can walk in his love and we can have relationship with him. We can know him. We can abide in him and we can walk in the light that he, that he has revealed to us. We are reflecting that light. Our actions will show that we know him, that we abide in him and that we are walking in the light and that we belong to the truth. The truth is God loves you. The truth is Jesus went to the cross and shed his blood for you. The truth is your sin has been forgiven and you've accepted that when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are forgiven. Now don't get ahead of me saying, well, Pastor Ray, what about since then? <laughs> Just keep walking in the love of God and keep confessing that sin and keep believing God that he loves you. He hasn't changed his mind. God is greater. Let's continue to read here. Verse 19, our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident. Are you feeling confident today? If you want a subtitle for this today, I would call it God is greater. And we say God is greater. So the, uh, John wants us to be, to, to be walking in a confidence, so confident that we are loved by God, not that we get sloppy, not that we get reckless, not that we think we get away with anything. That's not who he's writing to. That's not the context of what we're trying to cover here. We're, we're trying to build up, the, the Apostle John, when he's writing, is he's in building up the church building up the believers to stay strong in him and knowing him, abiding in him and walking in that light and shoring up our confidence and our actions will show that, yes, I am becoming confident in the reality of God's love. Even when I am not perfect, God continues to love me and knowing that he loves me, I can continue to go to him. I can continue to, to get to know him even better. I can continue to abide in him and I will continue to walk in the light and he's greater than any type of feelings of guilt and condemnation. That's why I can come to him and I can freely admit that I had a bad attitude, that I, had, I, 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 I didn't do right, I didn't think right, I wasn't saying right, whatever it may be. It, 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 it all comes under the category of I can be confident when I stand before God that he loves me, that he's not critical of me, that he's not condemning me and he, he, has, you know, he wants the very best for me and that he's even saying that, uh, John is writing here, even when I feel guilty or even when we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings. He's greater than our feelings. Not only is God greater than your feelings, he's greater than your guilt or condemnation. God is greater than any medical report, which we heard a little bit earlier. God is greater than any financial situation you may be in. God is greater than any broken hearts. God is greater than fear and disappointment, discouragement. God is greater. And the reason God is greater than your feelings of guilt, guilty feelings, is not because he has gone soft on sin. 
Let me show you in closing today why God is greater than any feelings of guilt or condemnation you may be experiencing. I'm going to be reading from Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, uh, 19 and 20. Let's read verse 13 first. I'm going to skip down to, uh, I have things written down here. Verse 13 of Colossians chapter 1. For he has rescued us, this is talking about Jesus. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Verse 15 through 20 talk about the supremacy of Christ. Then in verse 21 picks up against it. This includes you. You who may be feeling guilty. This includes you. This includes you who, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, I'm going to say yet now. He has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. This is talking about the redemptive work of Jesus at Calvary's cross. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are, say it with me. Say it like you mean it. Say it like you know it. Say it like you really mean it and know it. Now say it like you're abiding in him and you're experiencing it. Holy. holy. And you are holy and what else? Blameless. blameless. You are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. <laughs> This is the work of Jesus Christ. This is not because of your perfection. This is because of the perfect redemptive work of God through Jesus Christ at Calvary's cross. There's power in the blood. There's power in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. It's not just a fairy tale that we're talking about here that Jesus went to the cross and died and was buried and the third day was raised up triumphant over death, hell, and the grave having paid the ultimate price for the sin of humanity. From God's perspective, he hasn't gone soft on sin, but from God's perspective, from the way he sees you as his child, he has called you his child because that is who you are, and this is who you are. You are holy and blameless and without a single fault in the eyes of God, not because God has gone soft on sin, but because he recognizes what he has accomplished for you through Jesus Christ, his Lord and Savior, and from God's perspective, sin has been dealt with. Therefore, you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault before the very eyes of God. That is who the word of God decrees and declares you to be. Amen.
Now listen to this, beginning in verse 24. I am glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I'm, I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. This is the secret. This is why God sees you as holy and blameless and without a single fault. This is the secret. Are you ready? Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. So tell others about Christ. Don't keep it to yourself. Get excited about it and share and witness and, and, and share this with other people, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect. <laughs> I have a just top, uh, I have a, a, just, a, a difficult task in front of me as being pastor of Grace Church. I'm to present you as perfect. I'm to present you as perfect. And in order not to be discouraged in presenting you perfect in your relationship to Christ, I need to recognize that I need to see people and I, the same way as I need to see myself, the same way that God sees us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we are a holy people, we are a blameless people, and we are standing before God Almighty without a single fault. That's who I already am. Eternal life already abides in us as we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. So be excited about it and, and share it with other people and, and keep working hard. Keep depending on Christ's mighty power that's working in you and in me. Let's all continue working together by the grace of God, not to try to get to be something that we don't feel like we are yet. We feel like we come up short. We may feel guilty. We may feel like we don't qualify. You have been qualified through Jesus Christ. You have been forgiven. You are standing before Almighty God right now as a child of God without any sense of guilt or condemnation. There's no blame. You are without fault because of Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. That is worth celebrating. That's who you are. That's who you are right now. Not becoming that. You are that. You are that. Now, as a result of being made that and being declared that, now we are catching up with that. And the scripture tells us, now don't be conformed to this world. Don't fall for the lies of the Antichrist, Gnosticism, the Gnostic teachings of the Antichrist and the liars and the false teachings. Don't get caught up in that. Don't be conformed to the world system. That's why John's writing to a very vulnerable church that's under siege in the first century. It's not any different today. The church is vulnerable and we're under siege. There's an onslaught of the enemy and the Antichrist movement and false teachings trying to deceive us and making us believe that we're not what God declared us to be and that we're not measuring up to it. But you do measure up to it through Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. You are a child of God. You can go before the throne of God and petition heaven's throne and believe that he hears your prayers and believe in that they not only hears it, but that he answers your prayers. You can believe this because of what the word declares about you. 
So purpose, leaving here today, purpose that you're going to think about yourself and you're going to think about others, what God is thinking about you and what God is thinking about others. Amen? That's your matrix. Stick with it. It works. That's my message, and I stand by it. Would you please stand? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much today for your amazing grace. Father, just continue to do a work in our hearts and in our minds, Lord God, as, as, as our minds are being renewed with the word of God. It, it's, a, it's a shift that continually needs to take place and, and, and be reinforced, the reality of our righteousness. Continue to remind us that your, our right standing with you is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. The fruit of righteousness, we get to participate in producing that. But the initial gift of righteousness, our right standing with you, is a gift that we receive by faith. And if you never receive the gift of a, of a right relationship with God, a right standing with God, if you never open up your heart and say, I believe I receive that, and you're not sure that you're standing with God, is what I talked about today, that you're confident that you are a child of God, that God loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die at Calvary's cross, to shed his blood, to pay the penalty of all of our sin. If you never responded to that, never received that, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. And uh, we would like to pray for you today. And if you wanted to be included in that prayer, would you just slip up your hand right where you're standing, if you're in here with us today? Anyone at all in here this morning say, oh, thank you, I see that hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? Anyone else want to be included in this prayer? Those of you who are participating with us online today, you can pray this together with us and just get online there and, and, and let us know and, and believe God with us. I see that hand. Any other hand? Anyone else? Before we pray, you want to be included in that this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's pray this together. You raise your hand. You want to be a part of this prayer. You want to make it personal for yourself today. You're becoming a child of God, a new creation. Old things are gone, taken care of, and you're a brand new person in Jesus Christ. So let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that you loved us so much that Jesus Christ went to the cross and shed his blood to cleanse me of all my sin. I believe that today, and I confess today Jesus Christ as forgiver of my sin. And I declare him to be the Lord of my life from this day forward. I am a child of God. I stand before you today holy, blameless, without a single fault in Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Praise God. Let's give God a hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. We're so happy that uh, you were here today. We rejoice with those of you that received Christ as Lord and Savior, and we're just looking forward to you having a great rest of the day, and we will see you here again next Sunday morning. Remember your different uh, groups that you signed up for that are meeting, some tonight and then throughout the rest of the week. Also, if you're your first time, we want to invite you to stop by Connections, or you prayed the prayer of salvation with us, we invite you to stop by Connections as well. God bless you. Have an awesome, awesome day. God loves you and we love you and have an awesome week.